0: Welcome to my testimony, and wow, we're Ooh, back! We're
1: back.
0: Season two. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and uh, this is episode fourteen. Wow, and awesome. it is season two, and we have a very special very, guest with us today. I can't, special. I can't wait to get awesome. into this testimony. Awesome. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. So, without <laughs> yeah. any further ado, um, I'm Colin, and I'm and uh, welcome to my testimony. And today we have Atante. Did I say your name correctly, Artante?
2: You did. You said it correctly. Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: For once, I got it right. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. Because so many people have gotten it wrong throughout the many years, but you got it right. Okay. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So yeah. welcome to my testimony. It's a pleasure to have you with us.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Before we get into my testimony, let's, let's bow our heads for prayer. Okay. Father, we thank you so much for my testimony. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for the season that we have had, and now we, we have started our season two officially today. We just ask for your special blessing, and we just pray that as Atante share her testimony, our souls will be blessed and that we will all be drawn closer to you because of it. Thank you so much for her ministry and for her husband's ministry. Mm-hmm. We just ask that you just bless all of us and as we listen and as we participate that your holy spirit be a part of us we pray in Jesus name.
1: Amen. 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 Okay, so Tante, right. tell us a little bit about yourself. Your ministry, who you um, are, who your husband is, that kind of
2: thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um okay, well a little about who I am and who we are together. Yeah, together. Um so I am married to Ivor Myers, pastor. So I'm a pastor's wife of 22 years. Wow. And we have four uh, beautiful children. Mm-hmm. Two are adults 26, mm-hmm. 25. 17 and almost 15. Um, So our life is very full and we're actually expecting our first grandchild in March. So, yeah, so we're excited about that um, as well. Um, But our ministry um, together, I'm sure many have heard my husband's testimony about um, coming out of the hip hop industry and and finding God um, in the midst of that time when he was um, doing the music and um, that just having that testimony has really opened many doors um, Mm -hmm. to originally just people would always ask him to come and speak uh, Mm -hmm. to their young people and try to inspire them Mm -hmm. um, and just to have a relationship with god to have a personal relationship with god Um, and from there it's turned into a full-blown international ministry that we have been um, doing for 22 years now Mm -hmm. so Listen, listen. Um, we are just thankful for all the things and all the blessings God has done through our ministry and provided, um, opportunities to speak to not just young people, but so many people in churches, so many different things God has done. Um, and so many ministries have actually spun off from that original ministry. Um, I don't know how many, of, or how many of your uh, viewers are going to be familiar with army ministries, but that's a ministry that specifically talking about how to uh, learn to how to study the Bible for yourself. And that's mm-hmm. been a ministry that's been going for, I know, 10 years. I think it's almost 11 years now. Wow. So um, that has actually traveled around the world as well. And so we're just very excited and thankful to God for what he's done. Amazing. Uh, Amen. In our ministry. And I'm also a marriage and family therapist. So wow. that's kind of who we are and what we do. Okay.
0: Awesome.
1: Awesome.
0: And um so uh, Tante, you were born and raised Adventist, um just like me. Um I'm yes. born and raised too. And um and I grew up in the islands and um I was listening to your testimony before and tell us tell us about that point when you're around eleven or twelve years old. What what happened when you were in that car driving to school when reality kind of started hitting you for real? You know? Yeah, well,
2: yeah, I was born, um, like you said, as um as born into uh, the church, into a family that was Adventist, My and I'm fourth generation. Mm-hmm. So I was just very blessed to have my parents who were Adventist, but not just my parents, but I had my grandparents who were, mm-hmm. my grandmother's passed away, my grandfather's still alive, but just amazing Christian people um, that always just gave me the best example, but not just my grandparents, but then I had great grandparents. I had three great grandparents that were also Adventist amazing Christians as well. Um, And so I just had, I had amazing influences in my life. Like I, there was no need for me to ever stray away or to do anything I shouldn't, even though I did at times and you'll hear a little bit later, but I think it was because of, I know it was because of their prayers and their, um, who they were as people that and who, and just because of God, that I was able to bounce back even when I did uh, stray away. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, so I was raised in the church, went to Adventist elementary school, and um, I grew up in a predominantly all-white um, community. Um, I think the county that I grew up in, the percentage of Black people is less than one percent, so it's mm-hmm. zero point. Wow. <laughs> something Uh and that that never really bothered me growing up uh, up into this point it never bothered me because I didn't know anything different and um, my parents were both professional people and they it, it just I never felt like because I am a minority I'm in this community that I'm less than or I can't do just like what everybody else can do, you know, exactly. my parents were able to provide for us very right. well, so I right. felt any type of way. Right, and so I was—I uh, went to the Adventist school, which is a smaller school. Um, and but I had really close friends, and we started mm-hmm. from first grade all the way up until probably sixth or seventh grade. And I was mm-hmm. in sixth six or seventh grade at this time. I was twelve years old, so I was probably sixth grade. And um, my really good friend, which is was a boy um that we just we were friends from first grade and so but our parents carpooled together and so one day out of the blue for no reason Mm -hmm. and i when i say no reason i mean no reason we were just friends and i was sitting in the back of their car and um he was sitting in the back seat too but his mom was driving in the front seat and i just said um you know, Mrs. So and so, would you ever would you mind if me and your son, I said his name, got married one day? Mm-hmm. And I just remember her looking in the rear mirror and looking back at me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In the rear mirror, thought we were our eyes were meeting each other in the right, mirror. Right. And, and yeah, and she's like, I wouldn't like that. Wow. And I wow. knew immediately that it was because I was black. Wow. So that's my introduction to racism. Wow. Or and I it just flipped my whole world upside down. Like it just made my, I just, I just remember thinking differently. Like, right. wow. Wow. I was, you know, it's just like, this is, this is what racism, you know, looks like mm-hmm. on, you know, mm-hmm. on, on a certain mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Um, and so that definitely turned, um, it turned my heart against white people. Adventist. I can't mm. say white people in general, but for some reason, I really focused on white Adventists because maybe in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, we're supposed to be Christians. Yes, my in my young twelve year old mind, yep. I thought we were supposed to be Christians. So yep. why would yep. a Christian say something like exactly. that? And exactly. um, I just remember I was supposed to a couple of years after that, I was supposed to go to Monterey Bay Academy, which is a boarding school mm-hmm. um, within our conference, and about okay. two hours from where we lived. And I told my mm-hmm. mom, I don't want to go there. I'm not going to go to school with all white Adventist. Mm-hmm. And begged her to send me to Pine Forge Academy. But now I live in California. So Pine Forge Academy is all the way in Pennsylvania. But this time I'm 14. Right. Uh, oh, wow. I my, my, At first, my mom was like, no, it's too far and all these things. And I begged and I begged and I begged and I begged.
1: And eventually she let me go. Oh, wow. So, so how was that experience yeah. over at Pine Forge?
2: So at Pine Forge Academy, I mean, I was happy to be, I wanted that environment. I wanted to be in an all black school situation Mm. um and so i was happy to to be there but my mom was right i was too young so like Mm -hmm. i started to miss home Mm -hmm. um it was a culture shock as Mm -hmm. well because Mm -hmm. i'm west coast yeah so east coast is different (laughs) it is very different (laughs) like yeah like we mm. call a purse a purse they call it a pocketbook we say right. shoes, they they sneakers oh, like even i mean to the point are, of things
1: like that wow yeah, i didn't even know yeah so
2: those are those are little things yeah. but it was just so and i was out there by myself and yeah. and i'm 14 so it was just i was too young to go that far away mm. i feel from home mm. um but i did i mean i still have some of those same friends today i mean the connections that i made um during that time mm. and even the ministry that they do for the kids cuz like we had Week, you know, weeks of prayer where the pastor was, you know, preach, of course, just preaching um, to connect us to Jesus. And that was mm. some of my um, I mean, I just remember those were some of the times where I just really felt mm. the Holy Spirit moving in my life. Right. Um, I know I shared in the testimony that you guys saw the first time I ever felt the Holy Spirit moving in my life is when I was or in my heart. I was five years old. Mm. Um, and that same Holy Spirit movement. I can just remember throughout my entire life as I've had to make decisions, have had to make decisions in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just to say, so my, at the second semester of my freshman year, I called my mom and I said, you know, I think I should come home. But then after that, I think I went back and went to public school for a year and a half. And then my junior year, I told my mom I wanted to go back because I was ready then. Okay. Oh, okay. So I believe that the Holy Spirit was leading in that for sure, leading right. on my heart. It wasn't right. my mom trying to send me back. I went to her and I said, I really think I need to go back. And I had felt my spirituality drop significantly the year and a half oh. I was in public oh, school. Public mm-hmm. uh, and I, again, I believe the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to say, you need to go back.
1: Wow.
2: Uh, into a in a more Christian environment as far as school is concerned. Right. Wow.
0: So, so you you graduated and then you um, did you go to Oakwood after graduation?
2: I, you know, not directly after graduation. Um, I graduated from Pine Forge and I loved my experience. I'm a very proud Falcon PFA. That's what Pine mm. Forge. <laughs> but um, but then for some, but I didn't. And this was my own. I that wasn't like I was praying or asking God because I wasn't converted yet. But I you know, I was, I knew I wanted to do a degree in communications um, mm-hmm. and I had my whole life planned out from, okay. from when I was seven years old, I knew I wanted to do broadcast journalism. And mm-hmm. so I thought, you know, I'm not going to go to Oakwood because I didn't think they had a good enough program. Right. Uh, <laughs> and there was a school in California and it was actually a community college in San Diego, mm-hmm. but it had good reviews for their communication program because anchors that retired anchors taught some of the classes and so they were giving some really yeah. um, hands- on yeah. skills and work and they, they were really teaching us um,
0: right
2: how to do um, broadcast journalism in a practical way.
1: right
2: So I told my mom begged me to go to Oakwood and I said, no, I'm gonna you know go I'm gonna do I'm 18 now so I'm, right. saying, no, I'm, gonna, right? do, I'm gonna do what I want to do. And, um, I did that and, um, yeah, all the times that I made my own decisions and without following God or the Holy Spirit, or at least listening to my parents, it was never the best situation. Right.
0: So you, so you, you went to community school and then you end up at Oakwood and...
2: I did go to community school, but during that year that I went to community college for communications, um... Man, you would think that one year was a much longer period of time because my life just spiraled down. Like yeah. so many things oh, wow. happened wow. Um, that were negative, mm. and by the end of that school year, I just remember um, it was it was May. I know it was the month of May, and I was in the Sacramento area um, at a gathering on the Sabbath, a place I really shouldn't have been. Mm. And um, my life was in such a mess, and I was sitting on a a rock, like a big boulder rock. It was like at a park and I was just resting, sitting there. And the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it was like I had this thought, but I know it was the Holy Spirit that gave me the thought. Mm. And I just felt the conviction to, be, to say, I want to go to Oakwood mm. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. remove myself out of this situation that I put myself in. Mm. And so I went to, we didn't have cell phones, right? So I found the closest pay phone. Right. right.
0: Put your 25 cents 25.
2: in. In the 25 cents. <laughs> and, I mom, and I said, mommy, I want to go to Oakwood. And she was just so happy. She's like, I'll do everything to you know help you get ready to do that.
1: Oh, wow. And then that
2: was May. So by August, I was in Huntsville.
1: Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: When I got to Huntsville, I still wasn't um, converted. But mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to be there. And I was um, studying communication. So when you... When you do communications um, at Oakwood, you automatically have to work for the radio station. Okay. So,
0: right.
2: and did you guys go to Oakwood? I don't know if you're familiar. No no, 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 no. But we're no. familiar with the
0: campus, right. though. We know we the ha- campus. We have oh. friends over there. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. So yeah. So it was um, WOCG's where I worked, and when mm-hmm. you come in new, you don't get the best time slots. Like you're like in the middle of the day or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to work uh, the middle of the day shift which I think was like from 10 to one or something. And um, I started, um, I had to be, the, I was the board operator. And then when the programs ended, I would just come in on the break. Mm. And so I was playing, I had to play Joe Cruz. I don't know who guys yeah, know. I know Joe guys jo- know. So yeah. Amazing facts was Joe Cruz. He founded amazing facts before. Oh, okay. Guts, yeah,
3: right. And so
2: I always tell people Joe Cruz can uh, convert you in fifteen minutes because he had these wow. fifteen minute little radio time slots. Mm-hmm. And he, the reason why Amazing Facts is called Amazing Facts is because he would always start his programs with an amazing fact oh, so okay. okay. to grab your attention. So he's trying to. He's, amazing Facts radio broadcast is really for the you know people in the world who right. wouldn't normally pay attention to biblical things. Or right. so he says this shocking amazing fact, and right. then he just drops a little Bible knowledge. Okay. So I have to, my job is I have to sit here and listen to this every single day. Exactly. And after a, after some time, unbeknownst to myself, I didn't know it was happening really, but it started to work on my heart. Mm. You know how the parable says that the seeds will fall um, yep. fall by the wayside. And, you know, Satan doesn't mm. even want that because right. the power the word of God is so powerful. Mm. It can like attach to our hearts, even if it's not, you know, right? If it, even if it's just near us, right. so the word the truth was near me, mm-hmm. and it started to uh, impact my life. Um, yeah, so change. People started to notice a change in me even before I noticed a change.
0: Your, your brother did, and you were playing what Christian music Christian in the middle of the, the week. The yeah. I I know what that feels like because you know I go up for Adventist too and yeah, yeah that's a no no in the week man and
1: it's so funny because I wasn't raised Adventist so I was like why do you guys listen to different music in the week and then you come to Sabbath and it's like holy holy stuff that doesn't make
0: sense yeah Friday night we start yeah. winding it's down like, with the what? good music <laughs>
2: because and that and it's so sad but growing up yeah. Adventist that is how we mm-hmm. as Adventist kids we're, before we're converted because I would yeah. say you're not born Adventist mm-hmm. yeah. you're born. To your parents, and exactly. at some point you have to make a decision. Decision. We yes. treat exactly. our kids like they're already Adventists. I think it's a huge mistake right. that we, and I'm guilty of it too, yes. um, make as Adventist parents is we treat our kids as if they're Adventists when they haven't even made a choice for themselves. Exactly. And like you're really not Adventist unless you've studied and understand mm-hmm. and have made a choice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um mm-hmm. And so you're right, my brother. It was it's funny now when I think about it, but I was just like I was playing the Christian music so loud. It was like on a Wednesday, and he was like. <laughs> Why are you playing Christian music in the middle of the week? <laughs> and I was like, because I didn't even know. I was just like, wow, it, it hit me yeah. that I am changing. Wow. Because as Adventist kids, we're not really that Christiany, right? And right. Then, but by but by sundown, yes, we put on, we put on the
0: yeah yeah on, the next week yeah yeah by sundown we put on the BB and CC whinings
2: exactly. <laughs> exactly in the kirk franklin <laughs> and then i'm and then i and then on sunday or when the sun sets we go back to whatever like. exactly wow.
1: exactly so how was your experience at oakwood um, christian experience Oak, your day to day how was that yeah, at oakwood?
2: oakwood so when all of that was going on so god started working on my heart there at oakwood and through that experience that that working at the radio station was the first beginning of that mm-hmm. um and then, of course, Satan is always like, God is vying for our hearts. Satan is trying mm, to set up traps. And so, exactly. Um, exactly. you know, I'm young adults, so, you know, you, you have relationships. So mm. I, I was in one relationship, which really wasn't a bad relationship.
3: Mm-hmm. But then
2: that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something, this is a, a therapist thing I'm about to say. So this is what <laughs> okay. I tell my client. Um, and when that relationship ended, I immediately... Jumped into another relationship. Mm. So that's like a rebound situation. Right. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. Those relationships never work. So whoever's listening, rebound situations never work. <laughs> give your time. You so, give your time. Give yourself time to heal right. Right, and to deal with and process the relationship that just ended before you jump into something else. Exactly. So um, I jumped into that rebound relationship, and that uh, was a very toxic, uh, abusive relationship. And It was my mm. first time ever experiencing something. It was emotionally abusive, um, not physical, ish, but it was right. it was emotionally abusive, and um, it took me two years to get out of that. Oh wow! It took me two years to get mm. out of that because um, uh, I just didn't know. I know I didn't want to be in it, but I just didn't know how to get out of it. <laughs> right? And then the Holy
1: Spirit talking to you during that time.
2: Yes. Yes. No. The whole yeah. I no, what? And so it, I got to a point, and I remember I. Um, I was still going to church throughout all of this and I was still trying to have a relationship with God. So I was, I was further along than I was when I got to Oakwood, but I still wasn't exactly where God wanted me to be. So, but Mm. I was still going to church and then I wasn't always going to prayer meeting, but I went to prayer meeting, uh, this one night Mm. and I, and this is one of the times where I was just so broken and done with this relationship, but I still didn't know how to get out. and I just knelt down right there in the Oakwood University Church, like probably the third or fourth row in that middle section. I just mm. remember it very well. And I just prayed and said, Lord, by any means necessary, save me. Oh, wow. And help me. The next day, a series of, of events happened and I had so much strength to end this relationship. It was just like, I don't. it came from God. Amen. And so I was able to... In the relationship. I wasn't sad. I wasn't emotionally sad or anything. Wow. Um, it, it was a shut door. It wasn't going to be a back and forth thing. It right. was like, it's over. It's done. And I, I just remember walking around campus because it was like in March, right before I was going to graduate in like another month and a half. Mm-hmm. and people were just like, "Oh, you seem so happy." Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, "I am happy." And you know, they're like, "Did you just break up?" And I was like, "Yes, I'm so happy." I mean, it was just like it was a relief. Mm-hmm. And, and and um I just knew that I just knew that God had worked in my life. So right at that time, it was just me and God. I was like I was like I don't want anybody in my life right um until it's the one that I I am supposed to marry. Like I was I was done with dating. I was right. good. Right. Um and I have to say this one thing: when I, I, could, I don't think I said it at the beginning, but I'm sure you guys heard it, and in, in, mm-hmm. in my other testimony. But when I graduated from high school, I remember telling my friends like I wasn't going to go to Oakland, and I was going to do communications. And the next time they saw me, I'd probably be some broadcast journalist somewhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, I never, I did, I don't want to marry a pastor, and I don't want to marry anyone with children. Okay. So fast. <laughs> forward wow. right with this guy mm. who's actually studying to be a pastor, but that's a whole other story. And so <laughs> I, I, so I kept, I didn't want to be in that situation for sure. I was like, I got to go back to what I said. No right. pastors, no kids. Right. What pastor what uh,
1: bitch.
2: So when I got out of that situation, I was just, you know, again, I was happy with God. I was Praying a lot, studying his word more and everything. And it was just me and God, and I was happy. I was really, really happy. Like I did not need any relationship. It was fine. Hmm. Um and and then um one Sabbath, I'm sure you guys, I don't know if you're familiar with Madison Mission Church. Oh. Pastor Doggett started that at Oakwood. Oh.
0: oh no, 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 not, no. You're not yeah,
2: familiar? Okay. Well, that church was like where all the students at Oakwood went. I had graduated, but Back up. I I, fast, I went too fast. I was I graduated and then I still stayed um, in Huntsville. I had a job offer um, at NBC no CBS News in New York, mm-hmm. and I pr- because I'm I'm praying a lot now. Right. I prayed about it and God was said no. I felt the Holy Spirit that same Holy Spirit that was always working in my heart. He said no. Don't take that job and. That
0: was a hard decision because when you're that is a huge.
2: What was it? Was it radio or TV? It was TV. Oh wow! Wow. It was TV, and and I that was at the time because I I was just so connected with Jesus and God. It it was hard, but at the same time, it just felt like I have to do what I have to feel what I feel like God is telling me to do. Like there was kind of no option, Mm. but because I just knew God was just working so much in my life. Mm. And so my plan was not, well, I said no to that job because I felt God was telling me to say no. But mm-hmm. my plan was, is to continue to search for another job in a smaller market okay. um, that wasn't anything like New York City. Right. Uh, and so that's what I was doing. I was working mm-hmm. at a radio station there in Huntsville, but then mm-hmm. I was still sending out my resume. Mm-hmm. So I stayed um, in the area and on one Sabbath, I went to Madison Mission Church. And my parents were in town. I think it was Labor Day weekend. And my parents were in town. So I invited a whole lot of people over for a potluck lunch. Um, But while I was at church, I had a really good friend who, during the appeal, he went up and gave his life to God. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this other guy. I saw this other guy give him a hug. And I thought. I never seen that guy before. Who was that guy giving him a hug? Right. But then it just kind of went out of my mind. So after church, I went home and started like, because it was like a potluck type of thing. So I was getting ready for everybody to come over Mm. uh, after church for lunch. Mm. And my friend who gave his heart to God, he knocked on the door. So when I opened the door, I saw that guy that gave him a hug. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked because I thought, That, yeah, because at the church, I thought that's a cute guy that gave him a hug. So when (laughs) when I opened my door, I was like, The cute guy is at your
0: door. The cute
1: guy is at my door.
2: (laughs) And I just remember shaking his hand to welcome him. Mm -hmm. And I asked him what his name was. And I mean, this is, it's very funny now, but I said, he said his name was Ivor. And I, 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 I I, I could not hear, for some reason, I couldn't. Say his name. I just said, "What is it?" And I'm shaking his hand the whole time, so I'm not letting go of his hand. He has to say it like four times. Oh, Then I welcome them in, and you know the rest is history. Right, uh, right. With that. Wow, wow.
0: and and awesome. and and you 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 said to yourself, "Not a pasta. No, ivory is a pasta." pasta. And you said, not not no, someone
1: not with, with kids, kids. And he has kids. And he has so... he had two children. When you heard that not only is he studying to be a pastor, but also he has kids, were you kind of crushed?
2: You know, when at that meeting that we first met, I asked him, I said, where are you? Um, I said, why, what are you studying? And he mm-hmm. said, I'm a theology major. And I just said, oh no. And I was like, <laughs> religion or theology you want to be a pastor like a pastor pastor and he was like yeah and i was like oh gosh so then, <laughs> um, it wasn't at that time that he told me about the kids it was like later. it was like either our second meeting mm-hmm. i found out about the kids mm-hmm. and i was like oh i don't know if i can do this <laughs> um and i took it and, and i had i don't know how i had it but i had to add that his home in my house mm-hmm. and, oh, wow. and I started reading it. No, because I went to, I remember going to the park one day and I just spent the whole day praying and studying. Like I just, like I needed to know like right off the bat, like should I even entertain this guy or Mm -hmm. should I just walk away right now because I feel like I can't do this. And so I went to the park and I took Adventist home and there's a chapter and it's, for the stepmother. It doesn't yeah. say stepfather or stepfather. Yeah. It says for mm-hmm. the stepmother. Mm-hmm. And its just, I think it's a page or maybe a page yeah. and a half. And mm-hmm. it talks about how Jesus had a stepparent because Joseph well, was mm-hmm. his stepfather. Right, right? exactly. His father, his father. Mm-hmm. And she just talked about the need of stepparents in certain situations. And so mm-hmm. I, fe- I felt peace. I felt like, okay, if Jesus could have a stepparent, then right. these kids didn't have one too. Uh, And I felt okay with it. So God gave me peace with that. The pastor part, what helped with that was that he was not like any of the other pastoral students that Mm -hmm. I knew at the time, because unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but pastors kind of Past theology students, I should say, yeah. kind of got a bad rap. They do well because they're <laughs> because we expect more of them, right? Yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. theology majors, and we don't expect them to be trying to sleep around with girls or like right. things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. So people are just like, "Oh, you guys are hypocrites," or whatever. So right. kind of had him, mm-hmm. but he was nothing like that. Like the su- he was he had so much substance from the very beginning. He wasn't shallow. His relationship with Jesus was serious because he came as a. 24, 25 year old student, mm-hmm. he had left the music industry. Like, right. this is a serious thing for him. This mm-hmm. is not, I'm born and raised Adventist. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a joke. And I just right. could I saw that right away. So that kind of cleared that all up for me. So mm-hmm. I was over the fact that I would if I if we got married at, at some point, I would be a stepmother. And I was over the fact that I would eventually be a pastor's wife.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. took those away. Yeah, we have, to, we have to pray for our theology students yeah, because we, we got yes, to remember yeah. that they're being attacked from day one. Because so they
2: Absolutely. mean well. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. I think Satan doubly
0: attacks yes. them. Oh, yes. yes, he does Absolutely. on all of us. Absolutely. And uh, I, have, I have a heart for the uh, born and raised, man, because I am mm-hmm. one and I, I know. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, as you said, my, my dad was an elder. And, mm. and, um, so he was like a pastor of a church. So of a course. lot was expected on me and my brothers when we were growing up.
2: Yes. So. Cause everybody's looking at you.
0: Exactly. So, <clears throat> so you, you got married, you guys got into ministry and the rubber meets the road. Tell us a little bit about you and your, your illness and the stress and all that type of stuff, because people yes. think. So, yeah.
2: you know, we, um, goodness. So we started ministry. He started as a lay pastor. Um, and my parents actually went to this. Um, there was probably like thirty members of this small ch- little church. It was a company, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a lay pastor, you know, it caused you have to do a lot of the work. Well, you have to do a lot of the work, anyways. But it's a small church, so you're doing a lot of the work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's not that many members to assist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were some, you know, some members that were a little difficult. I mean, that's at every church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my introduction to ministry on the pastoral level was difficult. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
2: they eventually left and it got easier. Um, in that sense, um, I think, and I always tell people, you know, I did like the most, the day that I got married, I got, I became a pastor's wife. I became a stepmother and I just became a wife period. Mm -hmm. So those are three major things. And I, God gave me grace in all, all of those areas, but I think my personality definitely um, internalizes stress. So every, each one mm. of those things had their individual stress that I just right, carried right, with right, me. Right. Um, and so, you know, going through ministry, we definitely had some high moments. We had some low moments. And I just really, not thinking I'm internalizing the stress, but I was internalizing the stress. Mm. And so 10 years, maybe 11 years into our marriage, um, I was diagnosed with MS, multiple well, sclerosis. Mm -hmm. and um to this day and i believe it was um if it wasn't if it wasn't um genetic or hereditary whatever i think it might have been i might have had the disposition to have um an autoimmune disease i think the stress was like the trigger that pulled it um and so i was you know diagnosed with ms and i still didn't um i knew God led me to deal with it naturally. Um, I remember going to the ER because of some symptoms and then being referred to a neurologist. Mm -hmm. And that neurologist told me, and it was kind of off the record, because I just know that he probably, most doctors don't do this, but he told me, because he saw the concern on my face and he said, you know, my patients that deal with it naturally fare much better. Than those who just depend upon the medication, right? And so I had already had an appointment to do the high dose of steroids and then follow up to start the protocol to get on the medication that they wanted to take, which was, which is some really toxic medication. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the Holy Spirit once again, mm-hmm. and I don't tell anybody they have to do what I did, but I I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me because I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but the Holy <laughs> Spirit speaking to me um, and telling me not to do it and i tossed and turned the appointment was in the morning i remember i slept and i tossed and turned and talked to god and tossed and turned so when i woke up i told my husband i told my mom i said i'm not gonna do the medication and they were like you know they were a little scared because they were like are you sure you don't want to do this and i said i feel like god is needing me to do it natural and so at that point my husband and i just he he, i call him my researcher my scientist and chief scientist (laughs) doctor he researched for me i researched and um, I found all the natural pathic doctors and, P- and ALT and different people who have done it natural. and, right. um, and so I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started that process. And that worked for me um, mm. for about I think now, 20, 15, for about 10, 11 years, mm. I didn't have another flare-up from the time that I was originally diagnosed. Awesome. Um, and then last year in November, mm. actually at the end of October, so we're almost at a year now.
3: Mm.
2: I woke up feeling, and I and I have to go back. Last year was an extremely stressful year for us as a pastoral couple. Okay. So our, uh, you know, God bless everyone. We all have <laughs> issues, right? Mm. And but there was just some individuals at the church that were really causing some stressful some stressful times for us. And mm. I internalized that stress i i remember just not having the love of christ in my heart for people at all oh, wow. like i was not i just I yeah i mean i can say what i just said now but i would not have said that last right. time at the time mm-hmm. prior to this
3: yeah
2: um but i so i think that started in january of 2019 so by the end of october um the stress caused my ms to flare up wow and i just woke up with chronic inflammation, like in my, from my toes, all the way, all the way up. And so the, it caused partial numbness all the way, some parts fully numbness, all the way up into my abdomen area. And then it went into my arms and into my fingers. Oh, wow. Like I couldn't, I just remember I couldn't grasp the, the flat iron to even f- do my hair. I couldn't like chop and anything. I could barely write. Yeah. I remember writing and it looked so sloppy, like at first later. Cause it was, I couldn't, I didn't have a lot of strength to write. Oh goodness. And so, um, yeah, it was, I couldn't even wear shoes. I remember going into the hospital to get, cause at this point I didn't have a choice. I could, the natural, I started to like really do the natural really hard mm-hmm. and it was it didn't help. And I had to get on high doses of, um, intravenous steroids. Mm. And so I had to do that at the hospital. So I remember going to the hospital my husband driving me, and I couldn't put on shoes. I just had on socks, so I just would walk into the hospital with no shoes on. Oh, wow. And um, they wanted to put me in a wheelchair, but I was like, "No, I I walk." Even though I was barely walking, but I was trying to. Might have been some pride there, but I just didn't want to go on a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, get. I would get to the location that I needed to get to for the for the steroids. And so, in the middle of this process. I remember the doctor saying, "I, you know, we can. The steroids will stop the the flare up, but I don't know if it will. We, you can't promise that it'll reverse, like take me back to where I was." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course, we we're in the doctor's office, crying and just not, just crying and upset. But then when I went home, I think it was the next day, I just cried out to God, and I just said, "God, you've been with me all eleven years." or sorry, 20, at this point, 21 years. Okay, no, that's not right. I'm sorry. 11, 12 years with MS. Yeah. And you've helped me each step of the way.
3: Mm. And
2: I just, and I, I screamed. I mean, that it was like, I know I was screaming like loud. And Ivor was the only one home. The girls were at school, but he didn't hear me. Because normally if I would have screamed, he would have ran up the stairs. Mm-hmm. But I screamed and I just cried out to God. I said, please help me. And it was silence, mm-hmm. but I felt the presence of God. Wow. Mm. I felt his presence. I cried just because I felt his presence. Mm. And then it was a miracle because he healed me, not physically yet, but he had healed my heart. Heart. Mm. I was not, Mm. I didn't have bitterness, anger, Mm. resentment, none of it. I didn't like, because it was the perspective change that I had was, (laughs) this is not. Me stressing or being angry and and disliking people to that level is not worth any of this. The most important thing in life is my relationship with God and for me to be alive so I can be with my husband, be with my children, you Mm -hmm. know, all of these things. And um, I just, I was just, I was at peace. I was happy. Mm -hmm. I had forgiven everyone, not just then, but throughout my life who had done anything that I was holding grudges to. I forgave everyone. I Yeah, he just really, he just changed my, he changed a part of me that I think without that experience, I don't think I would have allowed him to change.
1: Amen. And so I was
2: just a completely different person at that time. And then after that, um, he started to heal me physically. Um, So like during that month, step by step, my, um, the numbness was wearing off in my feet and in my legs. And in my arms, and the last thing to wear off were my were my hands, my fingers. Um, but eventually, it completely uh, went away. Amen. And so now, just I don't um, allow stress or
1: nope.
2: thing that the to, to to I don't allow I don't internalize it, and I just I have to give it to God all the time. I don't Amen. allow things to stress me because it's not worth that. It's not worth that. Um, the thing that God told me or showed me, and I, I share this with my clients too, is like when people hurt you or they're mm-hmm. doing things that are not kind, you have to ask yourself what has happened in their life that caused them to be this way? Exactly. And then, exactly. And then God teaches you how to have empathy for people yes. instead yeah. of yes. being mad at them or, or whatever. And so that's, yeah. what, that's how I try to live my life now.
3: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Wow, Amen. Powerful. Powerful. powerful so so as yeah. we wrap up um, what would be your, your your message you know to, to everyone especially young people because yeah. we have a lot of young people believe it or not watching my testimony mm-hmm. and um, right. so what what would be your message to to young people growing message, up
2: message to young people it's the same thing I tell my own kids um it's what I just said like you don't hold grudges and and don't have anger and bitterness towards Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. to show empathy because they're not whatever they're doing to you is because they're hurting themselves and so they're lashing out in some type of way Mm -hmm. but secondly and most importantly is to have that personal relationship with christ Mm -hmm. that you can't especially as adventist children you cannot be saved from your mother's relationship or your father's relationship Mm -hmm. Uh, it has to be your own your own thing find that for yourself Mm -hmm. don't allow things in the church to discourage you because sometimes, because the church is filled with sinners, mm-hmm. sometimes people in church do things that hurt young people. Yes, exactly. Like that person who did that when I was 12 years old, there was, yeah. I had an opportunity to actually tell her that as an adult oh wow, in a, in a way. Awesome. But that what, that, that what she had done to me at 12 years old, but mm. she didn't realize, she didn't know what she had done. Right. She but that I, took me off track from 12, I was 12 until I was 21. I didn't find Jesus till I was 21. Mm-hmm. She didn't know she was doing that. Right. But so you people will do things that can cause young people to want to stray, but not to get discouraged by people in the church. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. That may say things or do things that are hurtful. Yep. So, Amen.
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and we got to always remember that that enemy, man, he comes to church to yeah. me yes. and, and, and <laughs> create havoc. And yeah. I've seen mm-hmm. so many in my life growing up in the church, you know, back, yeah. back in Antigua and, and here in the United States mm-hmm. since I came here. It's crazy so yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah so we'd like to thank you again thank you so much uh thank you for having me.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Thank
2: you. yes i enjoyed this
0: yeah, yeah. it reminds
2: yeah. me because i don't talk about it every day but when i get to share like this it reminds me yeah. of all that god has done and, and i can definitely. trust and encourage i can be encouraged by how he's led in the past and he mm. will continue
1: to lead presently and in the future
0: amen amen amen, amen. amen. All, right, all right so dawn you're gonna pray close this out
1: Oh, loving Father, thank you so much for this opportunity just to hear Tante's testimony. And we know that she's been through so much, but we've seen your hand in every aspect of her life. Mm-hmm. And I ask God that as we listen, as the, everyone listens to his testimony, that they will understand how real you truly are and how we can always hold on to you, regardless of what we're going through, and how we can trust in you and have faith in you because. You are our Deliverer. You are our Redeemer. You are the one that is always there, ready and willing to help us through whatever we go through. Yes. So as we go through the rest of our time here and the things that you want us to do, help us to be connected with you Mm -hmm. and help us to be truly ready to meet you so we can live with you forever. It's our prayer in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 All right. All right. And Tante, we got we got a little gift for you, man. We do. So uh, season
1: two. Okay.
0: Yeah, season two, we got some merch. Merch. People okay. are, yeah, so we got my <laughs> testimony official t shirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna send you one I'm gonna send Ivor one to man.
2: Okay, good man. Pastor Ivor okay, yes. man, I'm to gonna
0: answer. make sure. Make sure you guys can match like myself and Dawn, you know.
2: Yes, we'll do it. And we'll take a picture in it. And we'll, <laughs> That's yeah, right. We'll it. Okay. Yes. So we're That's looking exciting.
0: We're looking forward to that. And thank you so much for yes. sharing thank with you. us again. Thank and, you.
1: Uh, thank g- you for having
0: g- me. Give Iva all regards. Yeah, and um, God bless
1: his ministry. Yeah. This COVID ministry that he's been doing is awesome. Yeah, we watch awesome. every Sabbath. Yes.
2: Yes. yes. Great. Right. Awesome. Right, I think... Um, our son in law might be sharing his testimony this with Pray. If he doesn't feel too sick by okay. the chemo, he may be right. sharing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. yeah. Awesome.
0: And we'll keep praying for him. So
2: thank you. Awesome.
0: All right. All so, All right. Okay. God
2: bless you guys.